Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Cook County Board held a hearing on ways to overcome the fact that too many Illinoisans are suffering from severe complications and even dying during and after pregnancy and in childbirth. It's a crucial topic these days, and we're going to continue the conversations this weekend. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Numbers can sometimes dull our focus on acute problems, but I want to give you a few. Out of every 100,000 babies born in Illinois, 23 mothers die along the way. Uh, For Black women, the number is six times higher than for others, and this state surpasses the national average. The two obvious questions, why is that, and what can we do about it? In this half hour, we're going to try to answer those questions. Joining me are first Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller. She chaired the County Board Health and Hospitals Committee hearing. Uh, Commissioner Miller has had experience in the healthcare industry, and she has worked to reduce health disparities. Someone else who embodies that goal is Southside and South Suburban Congresswoman Robin Kelly. We often talk with her about gun violence, which is also a public health issue, but the Congresswoman is sponsoring legislation to address the disparities and prevent maternal deaths. And our medical expert here today is uh, Dr. Gwendolyn Oglesby Odom. She is uh, with Advocate Health. She's the chief uh, uh Chief nursing officer. Chief nursing officer. I should have been able to read my writing. Anyway, uh, but thank all three of you for uh, for participating with this. Um, Commissioner Miller, let's start with you. What triggered the need for a hearing on this subject? Well, thanks uh, so much, Craig, for having us here today and bringing this high level of expertise into the conversation. Um, this conversation didn't start with me at all. Um, but what it what triggered the conversation for Cook County very specifically is the fact that Cook County Health and Hospital System is one of the largest public hospitals in the entire country. And Cook County is the second largest county in the entire country. So what happens here can set trends, can make influences, have impact on what happens across the entire country. That was the impetus for having this hearing Congresswoman Kelly has been working on this for many years. I've been fortunate to partner with her on some of these initiatives. And it just was something that 
needed to be said yet again and reiterate it because the focus has not been very much intentionally focused on the health of black women. And black women, as we see from the data, have a six times higher maternal morbidity rate in the state of Illinois. And since we are legislators here in the state of Illinois, we have to take action. I said at the hearing, we have to ring the alarm. We have to be very upset. We have to move and get those numbers down. We have all the pieces of the puzzle to do it. We just need to make sure it happens. And I am committed to staying on top of this until we see those numbers go down. Congresswoman Kelly, how has this crisis flown under the radar for so long? Well, as I readily admit, until a constituent called me, I had no idea that this was such a problem in the United States of America, that we were one of the worst countries in the world, frankly, of the developed countries. And uh, she shared with me what happened with Judge Hatchett and her son and daughter-in-law. And I just jumped right on it. We had a forum in uh, D.C., uh, some years back now, I can't even remember myself, I think in the 114th Congress, and we just hit the ground running from there and then heard more stories and more stories. And I worked with um, ACOG and uh, other experts, Dr. Nicole Williams. I've worked with various hospitals and nurses and um, to get the information. I mean, they're focused on it uh, every day. And uh, we were trying to do our best to see what we could do, you know, on a federal level. And uh, it hits all women. But as uh, Commissioner Miller said, Black women and then Native women uh, suffer the most and the numbers are going the wrong way. Uh, Dr. Uh, Gwendolyn Oglesby-Odom, uh, you're seeing this crisis from ground level. Uh, and it's so it's not numbers, it's people. Tell me what is happening. What are you seeing? Yeah, on the ground, we're seeing that uh, women of color are dying three times more than any other race related to pregnancy complications. Um, we know that this is leading to increased morbidity and mortality rates. And if we're going to address health equity, we have to start with maternal health, with Black maternal health specifically. Um, because it is a large problem, as Robin Kelly and both Donna Miller said, we have to sound the alarm. This is embarrassing for us. We should be embarrassed um, that this is our reality. And so on the ground, we're trying to make sure that we're partnering with our local and um, federal government officials, as well as other hospitals and federally qualified health centers uh, to make sure that we're deploying um, wraparound services that help support women and children um, in Cook County. And before we go on, uh, please define for me, because we're going to hear these, these terms all through this discussion, morbidity and mortality. What are the differences between those two terms? the morbidity and mortality rate has to do with the death um, of women and the death of children. So it is the um, injuries that happen as well as the deaths that happen related to these. And now the, from this point on, anyone who uh, who wants to uh, answer in here, you, you don't have to wait for, for me to acknowledge you, um, but are hospitals and the rest of the healthcare industry paying enough attention to women's health? Because I remember in the kind of health coverage I've done over the you know, years, 
There have been stories about clinical trials that didn't include women enough to see that there were different approaches needed for men and women. Um, how is the health establishment uh, handling the very existence of women? And women that we've heard from, uh, it doesn't seem like women are listened to like men are. And then it's even worse for uh, Black women. And you mentioned diversity trials. I actually have legislation to increase the diversity in clinical trials. And uh, it covers a lot of different areas. But since we're talking about this, uh, we definitely are trying to um, increase the participation of pregnant women and lactating women also. But I think that's been a big problem that women aren't listened to and it's even worse for black women. And then the, we've even heard from uh, people that uh, the thinking is that black women could take more pain uh, than other women. And that's why they weren't prescribed things they should have been prescribed. And I, I would think uh, one of the things that probably helps straighten or level the playing field is having women in leadership positions like Dr. Oglesby Odom. Uh, but to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you, you've watched things change, have you not? Have I watched things change as it relates to health care for Black women? I think we yeah. need to uh, do a little historical um, view. It didn't start recently, right? what women have experienced um, related to marginalization, women of color, it started back in slavery, right? So, you know, this, um, this thing has been predicated for a long time. Um, I have a few notes here because I was preparing for this conversation and I kind of wanted to dive into it. So if you could go to Robin Kelly or to Donna Miller and I'll come back and answer. Um, the question one, made a few historical notes. Okay. Well, one of the things I did want to bring up, I mean, it takes us having the conversation to identify where the issues and the problems are. So Congresswoman Kelly did this on the federal level. As a result of the hearing we just had at Cook County, we were able to find out something that we did not know, that, what, that there was a coordination of efforts around this issue from Cook County Health and Hospital from Cook County uh, Department of Public Health, as well as County Care, which is the largest provider of, 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 um, of, of MCO for the county. So the reason that's important that we have all of them working together is because now we can say, we are focused on getting those outcomes. Hospital systems need to get together and focus on the same outcomes in that same manner so that we can get some results. Having this rate for Black women being six times higher than the national average and for maternal morbidity deaths in Illinois is unacceptable. All of the hospital systems need to get together and focus on how can we get that down in one year? LA did it. And we need to emulate what happened in LA. We need to say, what did they do? They got intentionally focused. They got together and they got busy and they had people who looked like the patients they're talking about working on this issue. We have all of that here. So the hospital systems have to have an intentionality and focus. I think Dr. Oglesby Odom can attest to what's being done at her hospital system, but it needs to be all hospital systems. The other thing is we need to have women be armed with awareness and knowledge to know that when they think something is not going right, especially when they're going in to have for childbirth, they have to say something. And then we maybe need to have a hotline or something where people can call right then and there so they can have immediate intervention at their hospital system because they're being ignored. 
I could have literally lined up a hundred women to come in and tell their birthing story about something that went wrong. But those are the women who are still here to be able to say that. There's a thousands others who are not here. They're voiceless because they did not make it at, to, to be able to tell their story because they died as a result of having a baby. Is it and, is part you know, of it that, that women who are going through this might not know enough to ask the questions, might not know what is not normal? And that's true. Health literacy is important um, in our communities and ensuring that mothers um, and women know specifically what's going on with their bodies, right? And what questions should they be asking their providers when they're going in? The other thing they need to do is be able to leverage their voice. A lot of times the issue is that they're feeling unheard. It's not that they're not speaking up, but for African-American women, when they're complaining of pain, then they're saying, oh, Black women can you know, deal with pain. And, you know, I was looking at my notes, you know, it goes back to slavery and it started with Dr. J. Marion Sims. Um, he was the physician that created the vaginal spectrum, right? Um, and his exams and surgical techniques on black slave women, he did it without anesthesia. There we go. We can take, we can take any kind of pain. That's what it says for black women. In essence, the specialty of gynecology, they owe a debt to those enslaved women who became experimental subjects into the development of our current medical practice here across the United States. Obviously, as a black woman, we cannot change the past, but as black women, we must, however, acknowledge the gravity of our historical and ongoing experiences in this US healthcare system. Um, oh, if I can jump in real quick with what, Miller, with what Commissioner Miller said, that's what we're trying to do on a federal level. Like um, she was talking about hospitals working together in different entities. We want to see that across the United States, because why does it happen in some places, in some hospitals, but not in others? What are the best practices that can be um, copied throughout the United States of America so that all places are on as much as possible on equal footing. What are the emergency protocols? You know, again, what are the best practices? What does one place do that the other place doesn't? So we're trying to do that on a national level through legislation and review committees, which it's been found places that have review committees, they're um, uh, maternal uh, mortality and morbidity does go down. And I know Illinois has one. So, um, and and there's some recommendations that came out of it, but we just have to keep working here. It's going to take more than even the hospital systems. And, you know, and we're grateful that we are in the state of Illinois here at Advocate Trinity. We've been able to partner with the Southside Healthy Communities Organization. That's a collaborative of 13 different partners that includes health systems, um, federally qualified uh, health centers, as well as our safety net hospitals. We have to make sure that everyone that is providing health care, whether they're in the hospital or in our communities, are providing culturally competent care uh, to the patients that we serve. Through the Southside Healthy Communities Organization, our goal is to make sure that women and individuals can receive services in the communities in which they live. Here on the South Side of Chicago, we're in a health desert for maternal health specifically. Um, Trinity is one of the very few hospitals on the South Side of Chicago that actually um, delivers babies in our communities. Around the nation, the C-section rate for African-American women is about 36.2%. Here at Trinity, it's about 13%. 
we know that cesarean sections lead to further complications, not only during birth, but after birth. Um, and so we wanna ensure that we're reducing that across our system. We have a initiative where we're looking to decrease the rate of cesareans by 10%. We were able to meet that goal um, last year and we're on target to reduce it by another 10% this year. So Advocate Health has made um, this birth equity issue for black women a top priority for sure, but we cannot do it alone. We need community partners as well as other hospital systems to help us get this work done. And I'm going to want us to talk a little bit more about what things can help prevent what uh, all of you, I think, would agree are preventable uh, outcomes. You are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about maternal mortality, women dying during pregnancy and childbirth. And my guests are Congresswoman Robin Kelly, Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller, and Dr. Gwendolyn Oglesby Odom with Advocate Health and Trinity Hospital. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's talk. You know, one thing I'm, what uh, Dr. Oglesby Odom was saying is in, training is needed. Who's qualified to train other healthcare professionals in culturally uh, sensitive and culturally competent care? I mean, is I don't know what institute is out there that's doing that kind of training. Well, it might not. Can I just say, because I came from, so I'm on the other side as well, not only as a Cook County commissioner, but I came from the pharmaceutical industry. I've been in that industry for 25 years. And cultural competency was something that was taught within that industry as it relates to how to get the medications into the right hands. But when you look at at the other level as having physicians, physician assistants, doctors, nurses, how do they get trained to be culturally competent in the communities they serve? That comes from the community demanding it, demanding that they see doctors that look like them. There was a study that just came out that was based off of counties and the counties that have doctors that look like them, they have higher percentage of better healthcare outcomes. Cook County being one of them, although we still have these high disparity numbers within Cook County. So I'll let Dr. Oglesby Odom also talk about the cultural competency education piece from a nursing standpoint. Yeah, I think one of the hot buttons for me is the fact that a lot of computer-based training is what's being used now to train on cultural competency. And I really think that we need to do more things that are simulation-based um, and on the ground training so that we evoke a visceral response to those that are not from our community that do not understand our community. Sitting behind a computer and clicking on the next, 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 you know, and that's your training, that does not make you culturally competent. You have to really be able to connect with that community. You have to be a provider that really listens uh, to the community and gives them an opportunity to explain what's really going on with them. Part of what's happening is only 20% of what we deal with is health related when, when patients come to see us. The other 80% has to do with those social drivers of health in the community, whether they have access to good food, housing, you know, if they're experienced domestic violence, uh, workforce development, transportation. And so as providers now, in order to be culturally competent, you have to know how do you access these resources and tools or how do you connect people with the resources and that will address those social drivers of health so that then they're not having all those stressors that continue to perpetuate the bad health experience that they're having. Uh, you know, as a person that used to, I used to do um, 
diversity training. And so I also think beside what was just said, that just people looking at themselves and what baggage and biases they bring into, you know, their work or, you know, whatever they do, I think that needs to be looked at too on top of what um, Dr. Oglesby Odom said and Commissioner Miller said as far as the cultural competency, but people have to look at themselves too and and, and what they bring into uh, the situation. Right. And again, we had legislation we passed that has grant money so that uh, the things that we just talked about uh, can be done. Well, and that brings us to your legislation. Uh, let's talk about what kinds of things can be done, concrete things. What are the things that are included in, in your legislation uh, that could make a difference? Well, um, as you talked about, grant money for culturally competent training or whatever is devised that needs to be done. Uh, looking at, um, as you said, there's a healthcare desert. So actually having uh, more um, uh, clinics that people can go to, birthing centers. My district goes from 43rd Street in Chicago to south of Danville. In Danville, there is one OBGYN to cover the whole Danville area to uplift doulas and midwives. Um, I know people that people that work for me that had babies used uh, doulas to help them through their pregnancy. So lifting up um, uh, those two professions again, going back to uh, what are the best practices and those shared. The other thing that the legislation deals with is data and research. Because as uh, Commissioner Miller said, hospitals do things different states from state to state. They do things different and they collect data differently. So and and this will put us all on the same page reporting the same thing and money for research. A, A lot of it goes to what the CDC can do, what NIH can do and what um, uh, Secretary Becerra can do with um. Uh, HHS and programs that they can administer. So money and resources go to them uh, to get out. This may be a stupid question, but we, you know, we always talk about best practices. Is there some place where someone could go, uh, whether it's a hospital officials or, or you know, lawmakers, to find what are the best practices? Well, our work we again worked with hospitals, we worked with ACOG, we worked with people in the profession. Um, um, as a Dr. Oglesby Odom, no, that's that's where we got the legislation from, working with the people uh, in the field and to see what they recommend. And, and you can look at statistically, um, you know, what hospitals or counties like Commissioner Miller talked about, L.A. County seem to be doing a little better. I don't know what Dr. Oglesby Odom thinks, but again, we depended on them for the legislation. Right. And I think when we talk about best practices, this is a niche area because this is best practices for Black moms. And this is to improve um, the morbidity and mortality rates in the African-American and people of color communities. And so when we think about that, we have to come out of our silos. And across the nation, we have to get together and start to talk about what are we all doing? I think for so long, we've operated in our system silos, right? And there was no conversations around broad tables for us to really talk about this population specifically and what we're actually doing to to do it head on, to hit it head on. But I think the other thing that we can't forget is we have to focus on what do the moms need to do? 
in order to ensure. So we can do our part as a health system, but what do um, mothers and moms need to do? So number one, they need to go to their prenatal care visits. They need to go to their visits. They need to get their ultrasounds. They need to make sure they're checking the fetal growth. They need to check for abnormalities, the heartbeat and so forth. They need to understand the early warning signs that come with issues related to pregnancy, such as severe headaches, extreme swelling in their hands and feet. They need to document their pregnancy history and experience and make sure they're sharing that with their provider. You know, we're grateful that in the state of Illinois, we extended the Medicaid uh, for postpartum women to reduce postpartum deaths, right? So thank you all for the work around that, right? And this coverage now um, is being used. And we thank President Vi Vice President Kamala Harris also for her 2021 call to action around this. Um, we also need to make sure that we're maintaining health care support for moms and babies during their pregnancy, right? So all of the social supports that need, we need to teach about avoiding C-section um, and especially with future pregnancies after the first C-section. And then we need to make sure that we're ensuring that these moms and babies have a safe place to go back to once they deliver. So, you know, it's a collaborative effort. It's not just healthcare providers and elected officials, you know, moms have to do their part as well. But I, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, I was go just on. gonna add that we are fortunate to have in our own communities, doctors and nurses like Dr. Oglesby Odom. So, but if we don't have people like that who are gonna say, hey, I care enough about you to do all of these things and I want you to do all of these things and tell them what all of these things are because many women might not get that message that they have to come for prenatal care. And these are the numbers that contributes the maternal morbidity. It's not just before the baby or as soon as the baby is born, it's even after the baby is born. Those numbers are contributing to the high death rates and women are still dying after delivery for weeks after, but because of poor care in the beginning. So I just wanna reemphasize that, that we do need more people in our own communities. And number two is that something that came out of the hearing was the fact that you know Cook County Department of Public Health has wonderful data. We have the social vulnerability index data. It highlighted different areas that have the highest hotspots for these um, maternal deaths. So we need to zero in on those areas and make an impact on those areas right now. We know where they are. We can implement all of these different tools and resources to focus. So the next woman who's pregnant in that area, if it's, I don't know what zip code it was, I'm just making this up. If it was 60619, then from now on, every mom who's pregnant in 60619 needs to have the top best focused care possible. And it either comes from Cook County Hospital, Cook County Department of Public Health, Advocate Care, wherever it comes from, but that needs to be the intentional focus. But we still- Also, I was gonna just add um, that uh, I think that just like in COVID, we had trusted messengers, we had navigators, we had people in the community. I feel like we need that for this issue also, that I, you know, trusted messengers, people to help Dr. Oglesby Odom deliver the message of what needs to be done. I, I just think that is really important. And I was, uh, uh, Commissioner Miller was with me when we were at the church. And I think it was really important that they talked about uh, how people could advocate I've done it at a few case churches for themselves and, and OBGYNs were there. And I, I just think that is so important. And we need to call on industry as someone who came from industry, still tied to industry. Industry would be willing to help us, but we probably have not asked. 
Mm-hmm. So the pharmaceutical industry would probably send us nurse navigators to go into different areas. They have di- diabetes education n- navigators in d- different disease state that navigators for that. Let's ask them to help us. Let's put nurses in the high impact areas that industry can help us focus on because industry does not want to see deaths due to maternal morbidity either. Doctor. Yeah, I was going to say there is a couple of things that we do around the state that I think we need to continue to promote. So that would be Black Maternal Health Week. How many people even know that exists, right? So what are we doing to promote that? It's recognized every year between April 11th and April 17th. We can all play a role in preventing these issues by promoting this to improve um, maternal health equity by getting everybody educated. And then we need to look at the promote the Her Health Here Her campaign, um, and it's to raise awareness for potentially life-threatening warning signs related to pregnancy. And then we also need to increase funding to support additional access to maternal health services because it's just not about getting the care, it's actually having access to the care. And then most importantly, how did this issue even start? It started with racism. And we have to combat that. We know we have a long history in this country of stereotyping Black women as Jezebels, as mammies, you know, as welfare queens, all of those feed into the disparities we see today. So we need to do our part. You know, um, I tell people, yes, there's a term called unconscious bias, but I think for Black women specifically, we have to start to speak to the biases that we see. We have to start to check them because if we don't begin to check the biases and have conversations with people who are um, promoting and perpetuating these biases, it'll never end. That's going to have to be our final word because we are out of time, but and a good word on which to end. I would like to thank Congresswoman Robin Kelly, Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller, and Dr. Gwendolyn Oglesby Odom with Advocate Health Trinity. Uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.